following resource is from Welford Baptist Church. Again, I want to just thank you for being here this morning and, I, and the freedom that we still have to be able to come and to worship. You know, that could be taken away from us at any moment, couldn't it? I mean, it could be taken away that we wouldn't have a place to come or if we did, we could risk our life coming to worship. But none of us had to worry about that this morning, I don't believe. And we had the freedom to come and to worship the Lord. You know, when you look at this passage of Scripture, we're continuing in our study of Exodus. And Carl's been preaching many weeks now through Exodus. We come to each one of us, if we'll just take the time to look. The title of the message, as you see in your bulletin, is Freedom or Frogs. A lot of people preach this message, and the title is One More Night with the Frogs. And you'll know why if you don't know already, because of Pharaoh's response that he makes of tomorrow. And we'll talk about that. But everybody, I've seen title after title after title, One More Night with the Frogs, One More Night with the Frogs, One More Night with the Frogs. But really, when you look at the passage of Scripture and you see the very first verses here, beginning of verse number one, This is what I think the main idea is for us, at least as the body of Christ. And listen to what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Every week, if you follow along in the bulletin with Carl and uh, how he has his outline laid out and he's been starting it out with a big idea. Well, that is the big idea is the primary purpose of being set free is to serve the Lord. So it's not written out there for you, nothing's topped up, so whatever you wanna write down, you have to do it yourself, all right? So this way you have to engage, no helps, no fill in the blanks, it's all you and the Lord. So whatever he impresses upon your heart from this sermon, you write it down and hopefully apply it to your life. So the big idea, again, is the primary purpose of being set free is to serve the Lord. When you think about serving the Lord, what does that look like in your life? Does it look like maybe going to a soup kitchen since we're thinking about opening up breaking bread and it's about to open up and we're thinking about serving people? Does that come to your mind as serving the Lord? Maybe it's going to visit one of our senior adults or shut-ins. Maybe that's what comes to your mind as serving the Lord. Uh, Maybe it's a life group leader. You're a life group leader and you're teaching a class faithfully every week. Maybe that's what comes to your mind as serving the Lord. All that we do through our life should be bring to bring God glory, to bring him honor. So even in our service, it shouldn't be as, oh, I have to do this, whatever that may be. It should be, I can do this because of Christ who lives in me. So our service is to bring glory and honor to God. It's not something you feel like I have to do as a slave and the master is over me, just whipping me, making me do it. It's a service to our God and it's a love that we share with others because he's put that love in our life and we can do that in many different ways. But in our service as his people, we wanna make sure that God gets all the glory. It's not patting me on the back, look what I did, or look what we did as the churches, look what God did, because none of us could serve apart from him. Jesus Christ came to what? To serve, not to be served. He was the ultimate example of a servant. And that servant, Jesus Christ, our Lord, served us by dying on the cross, by conquering death, hell, and the grave. What service? He has served us, or the way that he has served us is more 
than my words could ever describe. But today as we dive into this passage of scripture, some of you say, I'm checking out already. I don't like frogs. Frogs make me squirm. And man, I just don't want to think about frogs jumping around. I don't want to think about how slimy they are. I don't want to think about getting warts. You know, I don't want, I don't want to think about that, you know. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't want to, I'm checking out. I can take a nap because I've already heard this story. Okay, we'll check back in. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us. And let's pick right up from where we just were there in verse number two as we continue on. After he just said to let my people go, tell Pharaoh to let my people go that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will plague all your country with frogs. The Nile shall swarm with frogs that shall come up into your house, into your bedroom, on your bed, and into the houses of your servants and your people. And into your ovens and your kneading bowls, the frogs shall come upon you and on your people and on all of your servants. So this is the report that Moses gave to Pharaoh that came from the Lord. And he just said, this is what's going to happen. If you don't let my people go to serve me, then all these frogs are coming. And, you know, we could have had some great sound effects, some ribbit, ribbit. You know, we could have had all that. Man, we could have had some good video of all the frogs. And, but you know what? That's not what's important. I mean, we could get excited about that. I mean, we could have really acted this thing up. And, boy, we could have been a great production. But it's not about a great production. It's about, again, the people of God being set free. It's about God speaking to Moses, and in turn, he's still hardening his heart. And listen, there's some of you maybe here today that God has been speaking to you and you know that there's things in your life, call them frogs if you want to, let's just call it what it is, sin, that God's been speaking to you about that, convicting you by the Holy Spirit and saying you need to deal with it. But you, just like Moses, may just be continuing to harden your heart or say, no, I'll deal with it later. So listen to the Lord today. Listen to what he is saying to you, what he's saying to me. What are the frogs? What is the sin? What are the things in our life that we need to get rid of? And let me tell you, today's the day to get rid of it. You don't like the word sin. I don't like the word sin, but sin is real. Sin will destroy you. Sin will destroy human race if we allow it to. The only remedy for sin is the blood of Jesus. And so, folks, if we got to call sin as sin, but the good thing is there's good news that we have a Savior who can forgive us of our sin. So as we see this report that Moses gives to Pharaoh and says to let my people go or all these frogs are coming, notice how descriptive that he gets. You see, that's why I don't have to put on a production. I mean, can you picture this in your mind? Listen to what he says. How many times he says into or on? Are you ready? Let's go back again. But just look at verse three. The Nile shall swarm with frogs that they shall come into your house and into your bedroom and on your bed and into the houses of your servants and your people and into your ovens and your kneading bowls and by the way if you don't know what a kneading bowl is that's where you mix your flour up and all that and so can you imagine wanting to make bread and here's your kneading bowl and you're crunching up frogs all in your bread now see you got the picture we didn't need to put it on the big screen right 
We, got, we can all imagine that. Can you imagine laying in your bed, all those frogs hopping all over? I mean, you're knocking them off. They're just covering you up. That's what it says. They come on you, into your house. You cannot get away from them. By the way, he said, the whole country is filled with frogs. And can I tell you, folks, that sin is all around us. We can't go anywhere and escape from sin. Man, it's creeping up upon us, coming out of the Nile, if you will, coming out of this neighborhood, that neighborhood, coming out of South Carolina, Georgia, wherever else, right? Our whole country is full of sin. We try to knock it off, right? Oh, I can get rid of this frog, I can get rid of that frog, I can handle this on my own. But then everywhere you go, sin, sin, sin. So you would think, Moses would want to let the people go, right? But look what happens. And the Lord said to Moses, obviously, he didn't release them. He didn't release them. So since there was no release, there's a ridiculous number of frogs everywhere. His choice was to let the people go. Or here comes the frogs. And so therefore, it says... Verse number five, and the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, over the canals, over the pools, and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians did the same by their secret arts and made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Egypt. Again, look at those words coming up, covering the land. Let me remind you of a verse. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin has covered us. We were born into sin. We talked about singing about the first Adam. You know, how Adam came, Adam and Eve, and they sinned in the garden and sin, we inherited that sin, if you will. But then we choose to sin, every one of us. So all of us are sinners. Nobody can escape that. You can't say, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. I am. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we see again the picture of sin is rampant. Sin is everywhere. Sin come up. Sin has covered us all. And man, it would seem hopeless. And here we see that because there was no release of the people of God, we see what happens of this ridiculous amount of frogs. And then the magician said, well, guess what? We can do that. All they did was made it worse. More frogs. And let me tell you something. Sometimes when we try to deal with sin on our own, we just make it worse. Look how quiet it got. Because we try, oh, I can handle it. It's really not an addiction. I just do it every now and then. Oh, well, I can talk to Dr. Phil or Oprah Winfrey. Oh, they're going to help me out, right? And you try to deal with your own. Oh, I get counseling. You try to deal with it on your own. Not a single person in this building can remove one sin from your life. You can't do it. It's impossible. So that's what the magician said. Oh, well, we can copy that. And remember, all the plagues are related to one of their guys that they worship. And the whole point, again, is to prove that there's only one true God. This frog God is not a true God. God is greater. This is false. 
The same way when he turned the river into blood. Remember, the Nile was a god. It actually had several different gods that they referred to. A guardian god of the Nile. The actual Nile god. Different thing. I mean, it's ridiculous how many gods did they serve. But let me tell you something. All of them were false gods. There's only one true God, and that is Jehovah, and that is who we serve, who created everything, and who sent his son to come and die on the cross for our sins and shed his blood so that we could have forgiveness of sin. The only way to be set free is to let the son set you free. I needed one amen. Because the Bible says in John 8, 36, who the son sets free is free indeed. Not who a counselor sets free is free indeed. Not who anybody else in the world sets free is free indeed. Not a doctor who puts you on a pill, you're free indeed. It is Jesus Christ. Are you with me now? Say amen. All right, yes. Because we need to be set free from sin. If you've never trusted Christ as your savior, that sin has you held bondage. There's nothing you can do. If you continue in that sin and you never repent of that sin, what does the Bible say in Romans 6, 23? The wages of sin is death. It's gonna kill you physically, but then you're also gonna be eternally separated from God. And we'll just call it like it is, in hell, because that's what the Bible says, we'll be eternal punishment. Because you never placed your faith in Christ. Because Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. You know, we just need sometimes a simple gospel message. Well, the only thing that you see here is that there's only one hope for Pharaoh, number one, he had a personal decision to make. Did he want to let the people go? Did he want to trust in the one true God and deny all these other false gods? He had a choice to make, right? Did he want to let them go? Or does he want to experience this plague after plague after plague? And we know eventually what happened. It led to his death. It's not specifically said, but you can probably figure it out through what the way the passage reads that he was probably with all the armies that he sent out. Pharaoh was there with them and he probably drowned in the Red Sea with all the rest of them. Because he continued to ignore God. If you continue to ignore, to ignore God, if you continue to try to deal with sin on your own, you're headed for destruction. You need a savior, and that is Jesus Christ. So we saw the report that Moses gave to Pharaoh telling him what he needed to do. We see that he didn't release the frogs. The magicians just made things worse. Now let's look at the responses. Look at how... Pharaoh responded and then how Moses kind of responded back to him. So let's look at verse 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. And let me get there myself. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and he said, Plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and from my people and I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. So now Moses, he, he didn't, I mean, excuse me, Pharaoh, he didn't like the frogs now. You know, used to they were nice and nobody wanted to kill frogs because one of their gods was a lady who had a frog head. And so they worshiped them. They adored them, if you will. They would wear necklaces around their neck with frogs on them because they worshiped this false god. So Pharaoh said, now I don't like all these frogs. I don't like them in my house. I don't like them on me. The whole land is covered. And so he said, plead, Moses, plead, Moses begged God 
To plead means a serious and emotional way. Beg for help. Begging for help. Some of you may be in a place in your life where you feel like there's no hope. There's no way out of the situation you're in. There's no way to get out from under this sin that you're involved in. And maybe you feel like Moses and you're begging for help. Well, God brought you here today so you could get some help. And so you could hear how that you could really have forgiveness of your sin. That you could be cleansed from that. You could come out from under that bondage and you can be set free. So listen to what Moses said after Pharaoh said, okay, would you please plead to God, make all these frogs go away. I've had enough. Listen to what Moses said. Moses in verse number nine said to Pharaoh, be pleased to command me when I am to plead for you and for your servants and for your people that the frogs be cut off from you your houses, and to be left only in the Nile. So Pharaoh said, please, please beg God to make these things go away. Moses' response was, okay, you just tell me when and I'll be glad to do it. I'll plead on your behalf and ask God to take the frogs away. I thought about this for a minute. Here's Moses again and again Doing what God is telling him to do, correct? Over and over, he says, I want you to go back to Pharaoh. I want you to go to Pharaoh, plead with him, tell him to let my people go. Why? So that they may serve me. And here's Moses going on behalf of us, the people of God, if you will, going on behalf of God as his spokesman. And he's going again and again to Pharaoh and he's saying, let my people go. And then here's this evil guy, if you will, and serves all these false gods and keeping all these people in bondage and slavery, all the Israelites. And then here's Moses who still says, you know what? If you want me to plead on your behalf, I will. How many of you are really pleading on behalf of somebody else? I mean, we see people, don't we? Everybody knows somebody in our life that is struggling with something that is hurting, who's suffering some kind of addiction, their marriage is, man, falling apart, whatever it may be. How many of us are really, as the people of God who are called to serve our God, one of our ways to serve is we could be on our knees praying for our brothers and sisters that are really hurting. If we're the people of God who really care, who even love our enemies as God has told us to do, right? Then we ought to be pleading to God on their behalf. Can I break it down real simple for you? There's people all around us headed for hell. Do we really even care? I mean, really? That's what it comes down to, right? Because they're held bondage to sin. That sin is destroying them and eventually they will die and be eternally separated from God. But God says, you've understood who I am. You've called out to me for salvation. I've changed your life. Now your responsibility is to plead on their behalf to go to wherever they are. Because by the way, Jesus said, I came to seek those who are lost. I came to seek and to save those who are lost. So we have the responsibility, hopefully you have the burden on your heart to want to pray for people and do all that we can to reach them with the gospel, to help them to get free from these stinking frogs that's in their life. So we as the people of God have that responsibility, but the problem is we may have frogs 
that we're dealing with so we can't help with their frogs that they're dealing with. So just because you come to know Christ as your savior, yes, you're set free from the bondage of sin, but you still live in this body of sin that you have to fight with and struggle with day after day, correct? That sin can no longer condemn you to hell, but it can keep you in a wrong relationship with God. You're in his family, but man, things are just not right because of these stinking frogs in your life that you've allowed to come in, to creep in, to cover you up, to keep you from being the kind of Christian that God wants you to be and to be the effective witness that you need to be. How many people are we hearing over and over and over again? This preacher, that pastor, this great leader in the Southern Baptist Convention, whoever it may be, we come to find out they're involved in all this sin. They've been covered up with it. And then when we find out and the world finds out, what does that do? It destroys our testimony. It hurts our witness for Christ. So therefore, we want to make sure that we're striving to be holy as he is holy. And again, the only way we can do that is through Christ who lives in us. We want to make sure that we are his ambassadors to the world because that's what he's called us to be, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Look it up sometime. We learned that when we were in RAs, royal ambassadors. That's what that stands for. We are ambassadors for Christ, not frog handlers. So we see that response. And so Moses said, I'll, I'll, ple- I'll plead with you. You just tell me now. You just tell me when you want me to get rid of them or ask God to get rid of them for you. And look at, I mean, look at what Pharaoh said. Verse 10. And he said, tomorrow. Now look here. If I'm in a house and I'm covered with frogs and everything I'm eating has got frogs in it and I mean, it's just disgusting and gross and everything else. They're all, I can't escape it. I try to run this way and that way. The whole country's covered with frogs. If I had the opportunity to get rid of them then and now and immediately, yes. And you know what? You would think if we realize that we're involved in sin and it's destroying us and it's leading us to hell, don't you think you'd want to get rid of it now? But yet, people hear sermons, people are convicted by the Holy Spirit, and just as Pharaoh, they harden their heart. And the good thing to do, especially if you just kind of come to church and you say, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. That might be Satan's favorite word, tomorrow. But here's the deal. None of us are promised tomorrow. Because the Bible says clearly in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. You have an appointment with death. You can't change it, rearrange it, put it off. It's coming. It's already set. And then after you die, you're gonna stand before God and give an account for what you've done. For how you've dealt with the frogs in your life. I don't know how to put it any clearer. I love John 3.16, don't you all? I mean, we memorized it, right? Take a moment, everybody in the building. Take a moment as I say it and think this through, okay? For God so loved the world. You can put your name there. For God so loved Craig, for God so loved Mary, for God so loved Ansley, for God so loved 
that he gave. I didn't have to earn it. Man, my life is full of frogs. I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, remember? That he gave his only begotten son. That if Craig, that if Joy, that if Chuck, that if Mike gave his only begotten son, that if us would believe in him, trust in what he has done by coming and dying on the cross for us, shedding his blood, rising from the grave three days later, believe in that. What does it say? We will not perish. You don't have to worry about the destruction of sin. You will not die just physically and then eternally separated from God. Yes, you may experience physical death, but we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if we're a believer and we placed our faith in Christ. So we really don't have to worry about that death experience because remember the Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, if there's a shadow there, that means there's light there. And that light is who? Jesus Christ. We don't have to fear that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So we have to place our faith in Jesus and what he has done. Whoever, God loves us all. Believe in what he has done. And today is the day for you. If you've never called out to him to forgive you of your sin and to come into your life to be your savior, today is the day to do that. Don't wait till tomorrow because you may not have tomorrow today is the day to make that choice but then listen to what pharaoh said again i mean pharaoh said tomorrow moses said be it as you say look at the rest of verse 10 said tomorrow moses said be it as you say that you may know that there is no one like the lord our God. Remember, that's the whole purpose. Through all these plagues that we see, that God is proving that he is the one true God and that he wants his people to be set free so that they can serve him. So he said, if this is what you want, if you want to wait till tomorrow, if you want to sleep with those frogs one more night, if you want to take another bite of frog leg by accident, that's okay. That's what I'm going to let happen because you know what? That's what you want. But through this all, all of it, people will know that there's no one like the Lord, our God. So as a result, Moses did as he said he would do. I'll plead on your behalf. Look at verse number 11. The frogs shall go away from your houses and your servants and your people. They shall be left only in the Nile. So Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh. Moses cried to the Lord about the frogs as he agreed with Pharaoh. The Lord did according to the word of Moses. The frogs died out in the houses, the courtyards, and the fields. And they gathered them together in heaps. And the land stank. I got to remind you of something. Even when you call out to the Lord as your Savior, even when you ask for forgiveness of sin... He will forgive you, but guess what? Sometimes you're still going to have to experience the pain that that sin has caused. Think about that. Jesus, when he died on the cross, when he was resurrected, he could have, what? Allowed the scars to go away if he wanted to? He doesn't have to have the, the nail scar in his hands and his feet and the, the sword where it was pierced through his side. He didn't have to do that, but it is a reminder of our sin and the punishment that he had to go through for you and for me. And sometimes after we sin, we have scars and we're feeling those consequences and that hurt, but it's to remind us 
of what sin can do, but how our Savior has set us free. I don't know that I've ever heard it this quiet in this building. Because sin is serious. Sin, we don't need to close our eyes and imagine that it's not there. Sin, we don't want to cover up our ears and, oh, I didn't hear it. I didn't know that was sin. No, God's laying it out there. Oh, by the way, what is sin? It's anything that we do that disobeys God, that doesn't bring him glory and honor. So as a result of Moses pleading on Pharaoh's behalf, and what happens? The frogs die out, they gathered him to heat, and the land stank. This is not a good thing to ask, I don't guess. And I don't mean about your body odor. But do you stink today? That's a legitimate question. And again, I didn't ask you if you put on your right guard or secret what i'm not talking about that i'm talking about your life is sin in it and does it stink because there's nothing good in sin oh you said but you just don't know when i do it you don't know how good i feel well let me remind you that the bible says clearly the pleasure of sin only lasts for a season Remember that the devil is the master deceiver and he wants you to think you're living it up and everything is good and this is making you feel good and everything's gonna be all right. Well, he's lying because just as we've already talked about the wages of sin is death, this sin is creeping up on you. It's starting to destroy you. What does it say again in John 10, 10? The thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the fullest. So he wants you to think you're doing good and it is feeling good and everything's gonna be okay, but he is leading you down the road to destruction. And before you know it, it's not gonna feel good anymore. It's gonna start making you sick. You're gonna start realizing the consequences, but don't wait too late before you realize that because he brought you here today to wake you up and the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin and you can call out to him today for forgiveness. By the way, he said, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So now the frogs have died and they piled them up in heaps. Man, you would have think Moses would have been ecstatic. I mean, excuse me, Pharaoh would have been ecstatic. He would have been happy. And then he would just let the people go. Well, guess what? Look what happens. Pick back up in 14. They gathered them together in heaps in the land stake, verse 15. But when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite, a respite is a short period of rest or relief from something difficult or unpleasant. Oh, things are good now. The frogs are dead. They're piled up. Yes, the land stinks, but they're not all over me anymore. It's getting better around here. So then what did he do? He hardened his heart when he thought things were getting better. He would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you said, Lord, I'll do this if you'll do this. Lord, just let, please have mercy on me. Let this stop or let me get out from under this addiction. And maybe things started to look a little bit better for you. And then you turn right back to it. That's what Moses did. Oh, I got a little relief. I can handle this on my own again, Remember? It's going to be all right. But no, it's not going to be all right apart from the Lord. It can't be. It won't be. 
Nothing will ever satisfy you like he can. I'm reminded of that little saying people used to do. I think it was my grandpa who used to tell me this and ask me this question. Speaking of frogs, he'd say, there's two frogs sitting on a log, one named Pete, one named Repeat. Pete jumped off, which one was left? Okay, two frogs sitting on a log, one named Pete, one named Repeat. Pete jumped off, which one was left? How long are we going to do this? Two frogs sitting on a log, one named Pete, one named Repeat. Pete jumped off, which one was left? Bill. Pete's buddy, great answer. Or the other frog. Some other answer, something besides repeat. When are you going to learn? That sin is going to keep bringing about the same results over and over and over and over and over and you just keep asking for it. Repeat, repeat, repeat. It's time for a different answer today, folks. To the problem of sin in your life, whether you're a Christian or you're a non-believer, the answer today is not repeat or to keep messing with them frogs. The answer is Jesus. I said the answer is Jesus. That's it, period. But many of us, I hope you don't today. I hope today's different. Man, I hope the Holy Spirit is all over you today whoever you may be. I'm not particularly looking at y'all. About, I have a habit of going to the right. So until the Holy Spirit is all over you over here, okay? I mean, however, but one thing for sure, the Lord is in this place. And if your ears are open and your heart is in tune, he's speaking to you today. And you know your frog or frogs. And it's not time to repeat It's not time to ask somebody else how to help. The answer is Jesus. So we see then after he got a little bit of relief, he still, we wouldn't repent. He just turned his back, wouldn't listen anymore. Talking about Pharaoh. So I just want to kind of, just sort of sum all this up. Here's how it went. God told Moses to go to Pharaoh to let him, to tell him, to let his people go so that they could serve him. If he does not let them go, then what? He will suffer the consequences of the whole country being infested with frogs. Pharaoh had a personal choice to make and so do we. That choice is to live in bondage to sin which will lead to death or accept Christ and his offer of salvation and be set free from sin and given eternal life. Again, we already mentioned the verse, Romans 6, 23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In this passage, we see how Pharaoh once again refused to let God's people go. It's only been seven days since the Nile was turned into blood. The Egyptians had to dig holes in the ground to get water. No longer could they go and get water from the Nile. The river was blood and the fish were dead. Pharaoh just turned and he walked away in that instance like nothing had happened turned his back on God. Now Pharaoh refuses to let his people go and frogs begin to come up from the Nile and cover everything and get into everything. Sin comes up on us as well. Temptation comes and we give in and we let it in. Eventually it covers us and finally destroys us. The wage of sin is death. Pharaoh kept rejecting God and turning away time after time until eventually he was drowned in the Red Sea. He kept repeating the same pattern. 
please don't repeat the same pattern. I'm going to end with this illustration. A man purchased a little white mouse. He went to the pet store. Can you imagine why he would buy a little white mouse? What do you think he might have at home? A snake. All right. So this man had a snake. He had to feed it. He said, go to the pet store, get a little white mouse. He dropped the unsuspecting mouse into the snake's glass cage where the snake was sleeping in a bed of sawdust. The tiny mouse had a serious problem on his hands. At any moment, he could be swallowed alive. Obviously, the mouse needed to come up with a brilliant plan. What did the terrified creature do? He quickly set up. He worked as hard as he could to cover the snake up more with the sawdust chips until it was completely buried. With that, the mouse apparently thought that he had solved his problem. Some of you think you've solved your problem because you've kind of covered it up. The solution, however, came from outside. The man took pity on the silly little mouse and he removed him from the cage. No matter how hard we try to cover or deny our sinful nature, it's fool's work. Sin will eventually awake from sleep and shake off its cover were it not for the saving grace of the master's hand. Sin would eat us alive. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our church, visit welfarechurch.org. Blessings.